So I'm Paul Skinner. I'm the author of Collaborative Advantage, how collaboration beats competition as a strategy for success. I'm the founder of Marketing Kind, which is a, a marketing membership community for marketers that want to harness the power of marketing to play a positive role in society. Um, and I also run the Agency of the Future through which I help client organizations achieve a, a more ambitious level of success by creating collaborative advantage in practice. Wow, you are a busy gentleman. T tell me a little bit. I became fascinated uh, doing some research here with um, with marketing kind and the philosophy uh, behind it. Um, you know, you you've been in you've you've been the director of uh, of agency of the future for for ten years. Um, tell me about starting, especially this year, hmm. starting marketing kind. What was the impetus behind it, and why do you feel it's important? So I've been interested, I suppose the last 10 years of my life at least have been dedicated to how marketing can play a more positive role in the world. You know, if you were to stop um, somebody in the street and ask them which professions are capable of improving the world around us, I doubt that there are that many people that would spontaneously land on marketing. You know, even if you asked a marketer, they probably wouldn't pick marketing as the, the top profession for doing that. But when you think about it, if you can understand human needs, uh, formulate solutions that meet those needs, and mobilize participation in those solutions, then you ought to be well placed to create positive societal change. So Marketing Kind builds on the last 10 years of work through the day job running the Agency of the Future. I've also run a, a, a volunteering platform for marketers to a sort of uh, online dating of pro bono marketing that supported several thousand marketers and supporting charities and social enterprises with their marketing talent. Um, and now we really felt that with the pandemic hitting, social problems and social need has really risen. Uh, the resources to meet that need have fallen and may continue to fall in the coming years. So the need for creative solutions to important social problems has really spiked and will continue to remain high. And at the same time with governments supporting businesses through the pandemic, there's going to be a lot of raised expectations around what communities and society can expect from businesses and, and professionals as well. So it seems like a really important time to raise our game as marketers and to try to achieve more collectively as a, as a profession. Mm. Um, the, the idea that many of society's greatest challenges are our marketing problems in disguise uh, is something I'm sure that you, you think about uh, often. Um, you know, if, if we look at what the world is going through, has been going through uh, for most of 2020, um, what sort of, how, how can marketing help to solve our, our current problem? Yeah. So uh, the, the current problem in terms of the pandemic. Well, I suppose what the pandemic reveals is that you can't get through a major problem without involving everyone. 
you know, our, our very basic stories as to how to go about our daily routines uh, have been completely suspended. You know, the, the narratives that we can live and work by have been taken away. Um, and I think with uh, climate change, with um, the depletion of natural resources, uh, with rising inequality, with the fact that many of the support mechanisms that society depends upon in the coming years will be under so much more strain, there really is a, a greater need than ever um, to create and to empower the creation of this new stories that we'll be able to use to pull ourselves out of the pandemic and to question some of the fundamentals of um, how we organize ourselves as society. Um, if you Google the world's greatest problems at any point, the nature of the list will vary according to when you Google it, which list you choose, but they're all problems that we can't solve on our own. So that means they require cooperation and as soon as you depend on cooperation, um, you depend upon a shared situational reading, shared narrative, shared purpose, mutual benefit, reciprocal exchange. And marketing can really provide the glue that holds these things together. So at Marketing Kind, we're creating really practical opportunities for marketers to up their game in terms of how they can use marketing to improve the communities, the society, the workplace around them. Um, we have a whole range of very practical formats of gathering through which we come together to create positive change. We have our coffee with a cause sessions where we get to change the world on our coffee break by really diving deeply into a particular social problem and focusing on um, one change maker's solution to that problem and how we can improve the marketing of that solution. We have our exchange gatherings where we come together to change some of the stories that we live and work by on important issues such as you know what is the nature and role of marketing in the first place uh, how do you foster greater neurodiversity in a creative profession uh, how do you create a real culture of belonging within an organization across society um, and so on um, and we also create a space for people to reflect on how they can take a more conscious approach to the day job. So we have our digital fireside sessions where we um, coach each other through the process of becoming more purposeful and, and more impactful marketers. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. You know, over the past uh, nine months, as we near the end of, of 2020 and going to 2021, uh, I've been fortunate enough to see how here at Active, a number of our offices around the world um, have, uh, have have taken this challenge upon themselves. And, um, you know, uh, out of our uh, UK office, which, uh, which heads up uh, the international division here at Active, there was communication right away in terms of, okay, Let's work from home. We have the, uh, the technology to be able to do that. We don't necessarily need to be in a specific space or a specific office to uh, execute uh, on behalf of our clients or for our clients. Um, I'm wondering, and we've been, we've been you know, I would say we've been a little bit you know, successful uh, doing that. I've been to the office maybe once or twice since, uh, since March, Paul. But I'm wondering, is there a is is there a toolkit, so to speak, um, that organizations, whether they be marketing or otherwise, um, 
need to employ to ensure, um, I guess, the ability to connect, the ability to collaborate um, across space and time? Yeah. Um, so I suppose there's, there's there are multiple dimensions to that that question. Um, so I think first of all, yes, dur- during the pandemic, there is a, a sort of mindset that can look at how do you create multiple wins in context. Um, and I think the pandemic has been useful at helping us better relate to the context of all of our stakeholders because there has been one big issue that has really affected all of us. So you you mentioned remote working, for example, and, you know, we're already thinking about recoveries. Will the recovery be V-shaped? Will it be U-shaped? Will it be W-shaped? My hope is that we'll be able to foster a deep recovery, which is really about understanding the underlying health of our business and all of the dimensions of our our stakeholders' lives and discovering where we can identify win-win-win opportunities, a win for the business, a win for our people, our customers, our employees, a win for communities. So you you pick the example of remote working. So that's a digital transformation that's been forced on us. Um, But I think if we think deeply, there are some real positives that could come from that in the longer run. So first of all, Um, If we enable a form of remote working beyond the pandemic, not necessarily Monday to Friday remote working, but an increased proportion of remote working, then first of all, that means that we're not dependent on recruiting people that happen to live within a commute distance of the office. So that liberates people to live a little further away, to have a bit more space. Um, It means that we can address issues of regional economic inequality and and levelling up um, regional economic development. The sort of porousness and flexibility of thinking that brings about means we might open our minds to other forms of um, employee relationships, for example, uh, not all jobs have to be Monday to Friday. Maybe you can create more job sharing initiatives that further enlarges the talent pool by including people maybe who have caring or other responsibilities um, or people affected with disabilities that don't want to make that daily commute. Um, So I think there's uh, older people in Canada, the UK, most of Europe, um, we have aging populations. So concepts such as sudden death retirement, where you go from working full time to zero time, not that good for your health and not that good for the economy. So are there ways that we can make more productive use of um, an aging population? So I think it's really about the spirit of how do you create reciprocal benefits by leaning into the particular context that we find ourselves. In terms of toolkits, that might be a bit much to, to, mm. to I mean, there is a, a framework. Even a mindset, you know. In my book, Collaborative Advantage, I do specifically yeah. propose a, a, tool, a, a toolkit called the Outside In Framework that okay. helps you to grow any business and climb out of any particular problem by better working with the productive capacity of all of your stakeholders. Um, but I think uh, there are examples all around of how you can create deliberate benefits and also um, increase the probability of unexpected benefits by leaning into our shared problems. So uh, I did happen to to write in the book, even though it came out well before the pandemic, of the risk of global pandemics. 
And one example I gave was the, um, the Ebola outbreak in West Africa. Um, now, it turns out that the country that sent the largest number of volunteer doctors to West Africa to uh, support the volunteering efforts in the, the first resistance to, to the outbreak. It wasn't the US, it wasn't the UK, it wasn't Germany, it was tiny little Cuba. Um, and it turned out that because they don't have a, a highly resourced um, healthcare system, it's a sort of matter of national pride and necessity that they're really good at controlling infections. So their doctors went um, to West Africa as a matter of national pride to help out as best they could. And of course, <laughs> that ended up um, completely changing and, and changing the perceptions of Cuba in international relations. You know, the Pope more or less became their foreign secretary. John Kerry started speaking out in favor of Cuba. Um, the US opened its first embassy in Cuba since the 1960s. Um, so often when you see a, a problem affecting your stakeholders, if your first instinct is to have empathy with that problem and to try to understand what you can contribute, um, the, the win-win-win benefits that come out of that can, um, uh, can, can snowball in unexpected and mutually beneficial ways. That is fascinating. I want to I carry on with this win-win-win idea. Um, you know, and, and, you know, like you said, there's been one, quote-unquote, big problem we've all been dealing with. Um, and so I'm curious, as, as we get into 2021, and companies are, are looking to take stock of where they are, where they've been, and, you know, what the, the near-term future looks like. Um, you know, there might be discussions on, you know, how do we look out for ourselves? How do we sort of grow here and not worry about others versus, uh, I think, Paul, what you are uh, suggesting and have been suggesting for many years is, is how do we work together so that everybody wins uh, rather than uh, just me win and don't worry about anybody else or, or win at the expense of others. I'm really curious, um, are there uh, examples o over time that, that you could point to that show how organizations or companies or people uh, have succeeded by focusing on a triple win scenario versus a me first scenario? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that uh, in many ways the, the history of business is all about reciprocal exchange. You know, if I'm a business and you're my customer, um, then if I can't do something that you can use to improve your life, you know, how, how can I exist as, as a business? And if I don't do it in a way where some mutual exchange is possible, then how can I continue as a business? Um, but I think that uh, many good things have their shadow um, and capitalism that has enabled us to live the lives, uh, the lives that we live and, and work in the way that we do, you know, like many other things has a shadow. Um, and uh, currently, economic growth, as well as many good things, means an increase in climate change, a reduction in biodiversity, um, and likely an increase in inequality. Um, and the result is, you know, the Edelman did a study earlier this year of over 28, uh, of thousands of people across 28 mature um, uh, Western economies uh, and found that 56% of people thought that business did more harm than good. 
Um, and that's a major problem when business is really the primary framework of cooperation on which our, our lives depend. So I think it's going to be incredibly important for business to reconnect with a purpose um, that isn't just the purpose of its shareholders, but which proves the legitimacy of a business for society as a whole. So I think a, a move to, to a more um, stakeholder capitalism um, is on everyone's agenda. And I think this is a, a particular opportunity for marketers uh, because our role ought to be to help define and maintain and be the custodians of, the, of that bigger meaning uh, that means that a business is a good thing <laughs> that people can trust and benefit from, not just if they're the owners of the business, um, where we would all miss it if it was gone, not just the owners, um, and where the leaders of that business can present themselves in the marketplace confidently saying, you know, we are a good thing, we know we are a good thing, we're worth getting behind. Um, and I think those are the businesses that unlock the discretionary effort of employees, that raise the genuine enthusiasm and excitement of partners, um, that get their customers and their friends behind them, um, and that are best equipped to succeed for, for the long run. Interesting. A couple of more questions for you, Paul, uh, this morning. My, my first one before we end is, um, you know, whether it's technology or whether it's a way of, uh, of, of working together, um, are there any uh, disruptors um, that you're predicting that we should be um, looking forward to or looking out for uh, in the next uh, year or two? Yeah, well, I think obviously the big disruptor of the moment is the pandemic. Um, mm -hmm. When I was doing the research that led me to cite the um, the likelihood of a, of a global pandemic in, in Collaborative Advantage, I came across the advice of Larry Brilliant from the WHO. And he said that in a global pandemic, there's a triple punch. The first punch is the uh, health effects of the pandemic. Um, the second one are the economic knock-on effects of the response to the pandemic um, and its implications. And the third one he describes as the the most serious, which is the he describes as the ensuing lack of hope. Um, now, my hope is that there won't be a, a collapse in hope. Um, but what is true is that. Uh, it is entirely plausible that the challenges of the coming years um, and the threat of further and potentially greater crises is such that the difficulties ahead of us may be bigger than the, the difficulties that we've been through um, this year. And so I think that it is um, uh, a real challenge for marketers and businesses to up their game in terms of significance. You know, when so much is falling away, um, that does mean that perhaps we need to reconceptualize what success means. And I think in, in, in years to come, we'll want to look back at the present moment and think that we were part of building a solution, not a part of exacerbating the problems. Um, and so that's why we've created Marketing Kind. That's why we want to create more opportunities for talented professionals to be confident that they are playing a positive role in society. Um, and I think it's something that, that we all want to do. Um, the, 
the primary challenge is to make it easier for us to have reliable opportunities to do that. Paul, thank you again uh, for joining me on uh, uh, as we open up this new uh, podcast, What's Next with Active International. I really appreciate uh, your time today. Pleasure, Karim. And I hope the, the season of podcasts is a great success for you. Thank you so much. Power your advertising. Working with Active International enables you to fund your advertising using your company's own products, assets, or even services. We have over 30 years' experience connecting and bringing value to businesses all over the globe, helping many brands scale up into household names. Want to achieve more from your marketing spend? Contact Active International today.